Welcome back to another episode of the Balcony Chatter Podcast. I am your host, Andrew McKenney, and I am flying solo tonight, so bear with me. We'll see how this episode goes. I don't know if it'll be a short one or if it'll be a long one. Um, there's a few things that I want to talk about and get through um, on this episode, and I think I'll just dive right in and, you know, the thing I want to talk about the most or, you know, unfortunately I wish I wasn't talking about this is the um, the unexpected passing of, of former Bruins player, former NHL player, um, Jimmy Hayes. And that was Monday, August 23rd. And I mean, it's been all over Instagram, Twitter, um, all social media ever since. Uh, I mean, this is, this is very tragic thing and a very unfortunate thing that I can honestly say that I wouldn't have guessed I would be having this conversation or, or, you know, talking about this in a million years, anytime soon, you know, so, uh, it's very, very sad. I feel awful for his family, for his friends, um, for all of it. You know, Jimmy was one of those guys who grew up. You know, he's he's a Boston guy. He's he's I believe from Dorchester, and um, you know, it was it's always it has to be a dream of every kid from Massachusetts to want to play for the Bruins, and and not only that, but he won a championship with Boston College, and eventually made his way into the NHL, and then got to play for the Bruins, and you know, it's it's a dream come true, and and I can tell you from experience. Being at every single game that Jimmy Hayes played at the Garden, that he was loved by the fans. At the same time, he was he was heckled by the fans. But from you know there were there were a bunch of instances where I've literally heard people say, you know, give him a hard time, or he had a terrible shift, and they're screaming at him, they're blah blah blah, and then they go. At least you tried, Jimmy, or good good try. You know, people loved him. As much as he wasn't, he didn't produce like he maybe could have, everybody loved him. He was such a, a genuine guy. He seemed like he was one of those guys that is great to have on the team, on the bench, in the locker room, all that. You know, you never want to see this happen to, to anybody. Well, we, we also don't know exactly what happened either. I'm not going to go into speculation on this podcast about what may have happened because um, there's a lot of very unfortunate people on Twitter and and online making false claims and coming up with these terrible stories of why what happened happened, and I'm absolutely not going to do that, and I think that it's completely wrong. I mean, it's a hard enough time for his family and his friends now if anybody, if any one of them is seeing any of the things that are posted online, that's just not right. I mean, I don't know what's wrong with people to try to make up uh, fake stories, but do better. But again, I think that this is such an awful thing. I mean, he seemed I, another experience that I've had personally was I met Jimmy outside the garden a couple of multiple times always nice um, always willing to stop and I've seen him a handful if not more times stop for fans to take a picture to shake a hand um, to sign an autograph I mean I, I've never seen him outside of the garden not stop 
And and I think that it has a lot to do with him being he's a local superhero to to some people. I mean, he lived the dream that every kid wants to eventually be able to put on the Bruins sweater and be able to play a game at the Garden and in front of the fans and the and his friends and and all of that. I mean, regardless of what he produced on the ice, like he he made it, he did it. So you know, it's it's really unfortunate. It's really sad. Um, you know, wish all the best to his family and his friends. And you know, Kevin Hayes is on the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, seeing his post on Instagram, seeing his wife's post on Instagram, I can only I can't even imagine how hard this is on them, um, and just what it does to a family. Like, how how do you fill that that void that is impossible to fill. So I personally have nothing but good things to say about experiences that I've had or seen with my own eyes around Jimmy Hayes. I mean, he always was that guy that was willing to stop and willing to shake your hand. And, you know, he was just a genuinely good guy. And uh, it sucks. You know, I, I wish I, again, I wish I wasn't, having this this conversation I wish I wasn't talking about this because it's sad and and you know but it, it unfortunately happened and again we don't know the cause the autopsy was finished or completed today and they still don't know they're awaiting toxicology reports which they say could take a few weeks to a month to more who knows but again it's it's it doesn't change the fact that this is such an unfortunate situation and that it's it's not going to make a difference in the fact that you know we're we're we had to go through that he his family had to go through this and the fans and all that and it's you know it's very sad i don't i don't really know what else to say um so again you know rest in peace to jimmy hayes Definitely sending out all positive vibes and all that to his family, to his friends, and and uh, you know wish them all the best, and in a really tough time. So, um, as I'm sure all of you have heard about this that are listening, you I'm sure that you guys have have seen all of the Jimmy Hayes stuff and and the speculation and whatnot. So, you know I, I don't think that I need to go too much further into that. So I think that I'll, I'll kind of switch gears here a little bit and I'll try to talk about some other stuff that's going on with the Bruins right now. Um, you know, we are getting a little bit closer to to the season here. Uh, preseason starts in uh, September, I believe. I could be wrong. I haven't looked in a little bit. but um, So really looking forward to that. Looking forward to how the team is kind of taking form, taking shape now. I think we'll have a better idea around the beginning of, you know, preseason and who plays and, and hopefully nothing bad, you know, nobody gets injured during training camp and preseason and, you know, we'll get a solid lineup going and see, see where we end up. I mean, we have a lot of question marks still. And again, I think that this is kind of a conversation that's worth having the closer we get to the season because, uh, it, I, I, it's really hard to speculate who's going to play where right now. 
I mean, Charlie Coyle's coming off of a surgery and injury. Um, obviously, he's in line to sort of take over that second line center spot, which I will talk about a little bit later in the episode. But then you have guys like Nick Felino who could slot into that. Uh, so there's a lot of question marks. Is is Coyle's rehab, you know, going as it should? I, you know, I, I don't know. So I think that it's going to be, again, there's a lot of question marks. It's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out and where people go and, if there's any more moves prior to the season, which I don't believe there are, I think the, the team that you see now on paper is what it's going to be. Uh, give or take a couple guys slotting in here and there, maybe some healthy scratches, maybe some um, you know, injuries, unfortunately, because it's just part of the game. I don't wish that on anybody, and I hope that we can get through the whole season injury-free because that's oh, that always seems to be our problem going into the playoffs is that <coughs> we're banged up. Or we don't have, you know, the personnel that is able to play or whatever it is. Um, so I really hope that we can avoid injury as best as possible this year, which, again, is always hopeful, wishful thinking every season. But it's part of the game. It happens. It sucks. But, you know, fingers crossed. Which, speaking of, Tugarask is still on rehab. I think that they said that the earliest that he'd come back to the Bruins, if he was going to, was January or somewhere around that time frame. And we had some interesting updates on that this week where he was on, um, I forget what radio station he was on actually, Greg Hill's show or something, whoever it was. Uh, But he was asked about coming back to the Bruins and what he wanted to do and if he would test free agency or, you know, whatever. And he basically said that, that there's no chance. He said he wants to be a one-team guy and that he has no reason to chase the bag, so it's not going to be about money. And he, you know, they jokingly even asked him if he would play for 250000 and he said, yeah, of course, and, and a bunch of free Bud Lights too. So this guy wants to be here. He's going to do whatever it takes to get here. It's not going to come down to money. You know, the Bruins don't have a lot of money right now. Um. So it's going to be a struggle if there, it would have been a struggle if he was demanding a certain amount of money, but it doesn't seem to be that way. So it'll be interesting to see when he comes back what they do with the current situation, whether they are fully healthy and have a, you know, a goalie problem where they have too many goalies. They send Swayman back to Providence, which is what I would assume they're going to do unless for some reason from now until January or from the start of the season until January, we see Swayman really go on a streak where, yeah, maybe he is the backup to, to Omar, but if he has four shutouts in a row or, you know, he's, he has three shutouts in five games. Like there, there's something there where you have to make a decision on what you're going to do. And I don't know what you do at that point with your starting goaltender because he's not on a two way contract. But you're not going to not bring back Tuka Rask for cheap money. And hopefully, up to that point, he's healthy. You know, if you can get him coming in around January, February at full health, then that's really good for making a deep run into the playoffs. So, I guess back the Bud Light truck up to his house and get a little bit of cash. And you got Tuka. 
uh, an elite goaltender going into, you know, the toughest time of the year. But it, it also speaks a lot to Tuca as a guy and as a player that he doesn't want to go anywhere and that he doesn't want to uh, chase money and all that. And I know that we've talked about Tuca on this podcast in the past where we've said, you know, we don't know if he's really committed and we don't know if he's, you know, mentally in the game when he gets down or whatever it may be. But the way that he's talking now and the way that he's talking about only taking so much money and he doesn't want to go anywhere else and he won't go anywhere else and he wants to be a one-team guy. I don't know how you can really question his loyalty at this point. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I mean, that's what you want to hear. That's that's exactly what you want to hear from your number one goaltender or right now your number one free agent goaltender. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, I, I for cheap money, I don't see any reason why anyone wouldn't want him to come back. And even still, I say cheap money. If you give Tuka Rask $3.5 million, which I don't think that they're going to do, but I'm just saying, to me, that's cheap money. He's on a $7 million, he was on a $7 million contract, or maybe even more. I, I don't even know at this point. I think it might have even been more. But regardless, that, that was expensive to me but he was still an elite goaltender in the league he's won Vesna's he's he's made it to the finals it, all of that I get that he hasn't finished and that's a whole nother conversation that we've had and that we probably will have in the future but he's elite in this league there is no question about it three and a half million dollars three million dollars I even think four million dollars is a bargain for him that is cheap so anything less is a steal in my, in my opinion, because I don't think that he's going to be here for more than two years. So that's going to be, you know, it's going to be a, a different thing to see when we get to that time of, of the season, whether they're going to bring him back for cheap or whether they're going to, I just don't know. It's, I, I don't want to, I would not want to be a GM. I'll tell you that. And I think I've said that before and I'll say it again for sure. I don't want to be a GM with all that stress and all of that pressure that's on you. Um, so good luck to Sweeney. Another thing is David Krejci. This week basically came out and said that he's going to stay in check all season, which is what we all expected, of course. And... Everybody thought, well, what if he comes back after their season's over and we make a playoff run? And I have my thoughts on that as well. I love David Krejci. I want him on this team, but obviously he's not going to be there for the season. And if he were to come back at the tail end of the year, do we want him on this team when this team got us to where we are at that point? It's really tough to kick a guy out of a spot that he's earned all season, whether that's Charlie Coyle or Felino or whoever it may be um, and put Krejci in there. To be fair, he's played with all these guys the last forever. You know, he knows these guys. It's not like you're slotting in a new player at the trade deadline. You get a guy who knows the team and knows the system and he knows everybody. But it's just a tough situation to put somebody in and then bump a guy down and then bump another guy down or bench him or whatever it is. 
Um, so I don't know. But David Krejci essentially shut the door on that this week. He he basically said returning to Boston in the spring is definitely not in the game. So anybody who thought he was coming back can probably just stop thinking about it now. Obviously things change and maybe he changes his mind, but once you sign Tuka Rask, if you do, you already don't have money. So you're making up money with Tuka. Where does that Krejci money come from? Because I don't see it working, but I think Krejci kind of made that decision for us that he's not going to be back this year. That doesn't close the door on next year. Say he goes there and plays in check and, you know, he he likes it, but he doesn't love it and his, his family hates it or whatever it may be. Who knows if he comes back for one more year with the Bruins or two more. You never know. So after this season, I think they reassess and figure out where they stand and then kind of go from there. But Don Sweeney has been open and saying that the door is still open for Krejci should he want to come back. And they'll, you know, they'll welcome him back. They'll have to find a way to do it, but they will welcome him back. So, I mean, and again, I believe I said this to Tim. It leaves a major hole on the Bruins roster. And he wasn't as concerned as I am. But I'm concerned until I see somebody fill that role. You know, obviously, Charlie Coyle is the number one choice for that spot because who else do you have? Who else do you think is good enough to fit into that role on the second line? Because I think that Jack Stanika is ready in this league, and I think that from what I've read of him putting on a bunch of weight and muscle and being heavy on pucks and all of that, I think it's a great you know, it's a step in the right direction, and I think that he is ready for this league anyway. But I don't think it's as a second-line center yet. I think he is your second-line center of the future, should Charlie Coyle not fill out into that role or, you know, once his contract is finished, if you still have Sanika, I believe that he is one of your guys in the future um, for your top two. But I don't think that he's ready for that yet. And I could be wrong. You know, Coyle could go into that second-line center spot and struggle a little bit with those guys. And then you put in Sanika or somebody else into there and the whole line changes. I mean, I think that's the good thing about Craig Smith and that's a good thing about Taylor Hall is that they can make a a decent player good and a good player great. So, Charlie Coyle is a good player. He could end up being a great player in that position with these two guys that are very good and that can make plays and that can set up plays. Um, so, it could be a very, very good line uh, and we may not even really have to worry too much about David Krejci. We are going to miss him no matter what. And I don't mean that as in an emotional way, even though that is true as well. Just the fact that he, his physical, the, the way that he sets up plays, the way that he sees the game. Um, players have said in the past that, I believe even Spooner said it on this podcast, that he draws guys to him better than anybody that he had played with otherwise. And he he makes plays happen, so when they draw that when he draws that guy to him, pulls him away from from other players, he gets the ability to, you know, make a play around them, 
And I don't think I've ever seen, and I've been to a lot of Bruins games, and I've watched everybody. I don't know what it is about David Krejci, but I've never seen someone get, like, get into the offensive zone as cleanly as David Krejci does. On the power play, he slides right in there. He, he I, I've never seen anything like it. Like Patrice Bergeron's a great center. He's an amazing player. He's arguably the best player on our team. But it's just something about Krejci being able to get into the zone so easily that we are going to miss. And he was he was great on the back check. He was a great defensive player as well. So I think that we're going to miss a lot of that. And I hope that some of these other guys can step up and play that role because it's going to be important. We can't we can't rely on our top line. And now we have good wingers down on the second line, good wingers on the third line. We just we really need some balance and we need to make sure that we have that one two punch with the first and second line and, and so on. So you really need some guys to really step up and and um, show that they can help this team and win. Which was what I loved about Charlie Coyle's comments about that second line spot. He is coming off of an injury, of course. He's rehabbing, says that he's doing great. Uh, but when he was asked about, you know, well, basically you, you're going to fill into that second line center role. Um, you're going to slot up. And he goes, well, it's not, my, it's not my position yet. He's like, I need to earn it. And that's exactly what you want to hear from a guy like him that can earn it. It's his job to lose, essentially. I mean, he's... Everybody knows that he's supposed to fill into that spot because that's the best option. So him kind of having healthy competition in the in the training camp and in the preseason is a good thing, and he clearly wants to prove it to himself and prove it to everyone that he can play that position and, and be that guy. So I love that he wasn't just like, yeah, of course, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play there. I'm going to do my best. But no, he said... You know, it's not mine until I earn it. So that that's exactly what I want to hear as a fan. So, I mean, that's going to be the the storyline to keep an eye on, I guess, at this point, is until, until the Tuka Rask situation comes up again. Of course, we want to see the new players. We want to see the new goaltender, see how they shake out. But um, I think that it's really going to come down to how Charlie Coyle develops in that second-line center role, how his rehab is, obviously he's back skating and doing all that, but how he gets back to game shape and gets back to, um, you know, playing in, in an actual game. So I think that's, for me, that's going to be what, I, what I'm watching for and seeing how he does. I'm very interested in that. But, you know, unfortunately, otherwise, there's not a whole lot of... of Things to discuss about the NHL right now about the um, about the Bruins. Oh, there actually is one thing, and I wanted to talk to Tim about this because I know that he had some some thoughts and he had some questions. But I will briefly touch on it, and then we'll probably touch on it again on the next episode. Um, but the jersey ads. I know that we said that we would talk about it today, and and I'll do a little bit of that. But the NHL has approved starting in the 2022-23 season, so not this one, but the one after, um, jersey ads will be 
on the NHL jerseys. Now everybody's very afraid that they're going to end up turning into the KHL jerseys or or the European jerseys where there's just ads all over, everywhere. And the NHL has come out and said, you know, very that they're adamant that that is not going to be the case, that they are not going to allow the the ads to take over the jerseys like that. And they've only approved one ad per jersey, and they've given four spots that they're allowing the the ad to go. And I believe it was a three-by-three size-wise, and it could either go on left or right shoulder or left or right chest. Now, my issue with this isn't advertisements on the jerseys because I do love patches. I'm a patch guy on jerseys. Bring it on. But with that being said, it, you know, when you have, when you have a, a you know, an, a 75 year anniversary, they typically put it on the chest, right? Or the Stanley Cup patch, they'll put it on the chest. Um, unless for some reason there's already a patch there. So they have the A or the C on one side and they have the patch on the other side. Now, if player, if, if teams decide to put this on the chest, it worries me that they're not going to be doing these other anniversary patches anymore or whatever it may be. Or they're going to put the Stanley Cup patch on the shoulder. And I don't know that I like that very much. And I collect a lot of jerseys and it's a problem. But, you know, I like to have them as close to on ice as possible as well. So I'm going to do the same. I'm just hopeful that you know, they don't do it too much. I, I wouldn't be against seeing, as a fan, I wouldn't be against seeing a, sh- a shoulder patch of a, of a logo and then a regular shoulder patch and then nothing on the front. Um, we've seen front logos on practice jerseys so far. We've seen them, uh, sorry, ads on practice jerseys, on AHL jerseys, and it's not the end of the world. I, I, I've talked to the friend who's a... a very big jersey collector as well. He doesn't seem to care too much about uh, about the ads going on the front of the jerseys. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just overthinking it. Maybe it'll look fine. The helmet ads didn't really matter to me at all. I didn't really even notice too much. So that's different, I guess, because they the players wear them. They don't, you know, sell the helmets in the pro shop. As I mean, they sell jerseys, and if they're gonna have ads on them then you know I'm gonna buy one and probably be unhappy but I'm gonna do it anyway so I don't know I guess I'll just have to wait and see what it's gonna be um obviously we all have we can all speculate on what we think it's gonna be I'd like to get Tim's opinion on it as well but my guess is it's gonna be either Dunkin Donuts or Cross Insurance or TD Bank something along the lines of of stuff that we've already seen but I think a lot of people would be happy if it was a Duncan logo guy. But you never know. It could be like Chipotle, which that'd be kind of dope. Um, but yeah, I mean, of course, it could be a bunch of different things. Who knows? Uh, maybe a giant McDonald's logo. Who? I don't know, man. What? What? Who even cares, right? I'm the only one that seems to care. Um, so. We'll see. 
But I don't want to get too far into that because I have more thoughts. Tim has thoughts. I definitely want to get his opinion. You know, if you guys have opinions on it too, send me a DM. Tell me that I'm wrong or tell me that I'm right because I want to know either way. And I want to know what you think it's going to be. I'm probably going to put up a, an Instagram post, you know, asking what everyone thinks the ads are going to be. And then whoever's, whoever guesses it right, I'll send you a free shirt or a hoodie or some goodie bag. Who knows? A swag bag. Which we will have more stuff coming up this season. Uh, we have a couple things in the works that we're trying to put together that we're kind of waiting for the season to start a little bit, or the seasons, I should say, basketball and hockey. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, we're kind of gearing up to have a big season this year. We're doing a lot of stuff. We're doing some trips. We're doing some other stuff that I don't actually want to give away yet. But uh, we definitely have a lot going on. We're, we're trying to get our stuff together so that we can do a lot of cool things and involve a lot of you guys and a lot of people and uh, and continue to grow this because we're having a lot of fun and, and we really enjoy doing it. And um, we want to keep doing it. So we're, we're trying our best to to build this thing. And, and with Tim coming out here in October, hopefully, you know, we got a lot of stuff planned to do together and uh, make some content for you guys. But um, having a lot of fun. And we appreciate everyone who's listening, everyone who continues to listen uh, every week. But we will be back, uh, I believe, next Friday on our normal schedule for now. Uh, Tim and I, hopefully, to talk about some jersey ads, uh, to talk about some basketball, some hockey news, getting a little bit closer to um, the season starting. We got some football starting soon, which we don't talk about, but you know it's exciting for us sports fans to get some stuff. You know, preseason's just about over here, and uh, yeah. We're in my favorite part, or getting to be in my favorite part of the year, September, October, November, and uh, looking forward to all of it. Looking forward to losing on Christmas Day against the Bucks, and uh, and all that. So like I said, I'll be back, or we will be back next week uh, to talk about all of that stuff. And thank you guys for listening again, and uh, we'll catch you next week.